a stranger with a gun came upon two teens taking pictures under a rising full moon. But violence is only the beginning of this story. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are. And this is a big one. I'm Amy Donaldson, and I've spent my career talking about how lives are undone by violence. The Letter is a podcast about how lives are remade. Follow The Letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Inside Sources. Inside Sources. Inside Sources. Where KSL offers Utah deeper insights on the news. Host Boyd Matheson divides rage from reason and elevates the conversation on issues crucial to our community. On KSL News Radio 102.7 FM and 1160 AM. Russian President Vladimir Putin says he doesn't want war. Russia says it's pulling troops back from the area after completing their exercises. Are tensions about to go down? Is this a de-escalation moment, or are we just in the calm before the storm? Or have we had the storm, and this is the storm before the calm? Uh, That's what we're going to break down today, because as you look past the headlines, uh, there's a lot to look at in terms of messages being sent, what is being received, and what possibly comes next. Let's begin. Think you know the news of the day? Think again. So I want to go through and break down everything that we have heard thus far today as it relates to Ukraine and Russia possible invading there. Of course, uh, it was really ratcheted up yesterday that knot of war was being pulled very tight as the uh, Ukrainian president, uh, Zelensky, said that he had been notified that there would be an invasion on Wednesday. Of course, that's ticking down uh, Europe time. Uh, and then today, of course, we, we started the day with a number of cyber attacks uh, against many Ukrainian uh, agencies. And so that seemed to be ratcheting things up. And then we've had a host of things happen since then. We've had the German chancellor uh, meet uh, with Vladimir Putin in Russia, and that seems to have de-escalated a little bit. But let's go through all the peace parts, and then let's figure out what happens and what comes next. We're keeping our eye on the clock as President Biden is expected to address the nation with an update, a short update, we're told, about Ukraine and Russia and what comes next. Uh, so as we wait for that, let's uh, dive into some of the uh, the details here. And let's start with the NATO Secretary General, Jen Stoltenberg, uh, who says it's not too late for Russia to pull back to really pull back and give diplomacy a serious chance. So far, we have not seen any sign of de-escalation on the ground. Russia has amassed a fighting force in and around Ukraine unprecedented since the Cold War. Everything is now in place for a new attack. But Russia still has time to step back from the brink stop preparing for war, and start working for a peaceful solution. And so that was coming from uh, the NATO Secretary General Stoltenberg saying, look, even the the rhetoric that is coming out of Russia says they want to give peace a chance, diplomacy a chance, yet the reality on the ground is that it does not appear to be any de-escalation happening. I want to go now to ABC's Patrick Riebel, uh, who's reporting from Ukraine, Uh, He says that Putin is uh, keen that Ukraine must never join NATO, that that seems to be the real issue uh, that Vladimir Putin wants to win in all of this. Despite Russia saying it's moving some forces back, Vladimir Putin gave mixed messages after meeting with Germany's new chancellor in the Kremlin. 
Putin said Russia was interested in some measures proposed by the West, such as limiting missile deployments, but he also insisted again that Russia must get its key demand that Ukraine will never join NATO. Putin, though, did suggest he won't immediately move to recognize the Russian-controlled separatist regions in Ukraine, despite the vote by Russia's parliament calling on him to. Putin said for now, Russia should continue to work through an existing peace agreement. Patrick Reval, ABC News, Lviv, Ukraine. As let's go to Russian President Putin. Again, this was a news conference that was held after meeting with German Chancellor Schultz today. And while he said he was committed to keep talking and keep going, he feels like Russia's concerns, uh, especially as it relates to Ukraine entering NATO, are simply not being heard. Whether we want to have a war in Europe or not, of course we don't. And this is exactly the case why we have proposed to have a talks process. The results of those talks, those negotiations, should be an agreement on equal security, including our country. Unfortunately, and we have already mentioned that, there has been no meaningful constructive response to our proposals. We haven't received them. McMurroy, a former State Department official and ABC News contributor, uh, said that the White House team has reportedly been carrying out exercises in response to potential Russian action in Ukraine, putting together a playbook, uh, if you will. Here's his description of that. They go through the scenarios, the most likely scenarios, as laid out by the intelligence service, and they get to certain decision points, you know, but based on the actions of your adversary, in this case, Russia, what are our options? And then where do we think we'll go? What, we, what do we think we'll decide? So they can play these out so they're not having to decide and look at all the factors that go into that during the crisis. Uh, he went on to say that uh, we can't really trust what Russia is saying. We have to see what they're actually doing. I do think it's significant in the sense that he wants to continue this dialogue and diplomatic discussions. At the time of the Soviet Union, it was trust but verify. I think now it's more don't trust at all unless you can verify. We're seeing a lot of uh, logistical uh, troops move forward, uh, which will be needed for a sustained occupation. So I think we're seeing counter evidence to their claim. U.S. Defense Secretary Lloyd Austin has landed in Europe. Uh, he will be in Belgium to meet with other international leaders. Uh, he'll visit troops in Poland and Lithuania who are part of that. So that's an important thing to watch, uh, especially as we move towards that timing of tomorrow. Again, the president is expected to speak in about 17 minutes. We'll see when that actually happens. We will take that for you live to get an update from President Biden. Also important to note that the Russian parliament uh, early today uh, voted – that uh, President Putin should recognize two Russian-backed breakaway regions in eastern Ukraine to recognize those areas as independent, uh, though the European Union told Moscow uh, that they shouldn't follow through on that. Uh, Vladimir Putin did not mention what uh, his own parliament had done uh, earlier in the day when he had his press conference uh, with the German leader after their conversation. So that's an interesting thing that uh, Vladimir Putin didn't push on that button. Uh, Ukraine's defense ministry in the meantime and uh, two banks came under a cyber attack on Tuesday that shut access to the military's website. Uh, The Ukraine Information Center uh, had mentioned that and uh, people also lost access to their ATMs uh, during that cyber attack. So a host of things going on. Uh, This is where the fog of war uh, drifts in, where there's so much chaos and so many different things going, so many voices 
Uh, and so who will be the certain trumpet uh, in all of this battle? Will President Biden be able to step forward uh, in the next hour, we expect, and declare something, really a three-part message, a message to the American people of clarity, of certainty in terms of where we are, what we're committed to do, a similar message to our allies in Europe, including Ukraine, uh, of what the U.S. is committed to do and where we will stand and how we will lead and interact with our allies there And then, of course, there's a message for Vladimir Putin. Is this a very tough President Biden? Is this an unbending, uh, very confident? uh, We will continue to strike quickly, decisively, and in a devastating manner should Vladimir Putin invade Ukraine. So all of those messages to me are are really interesting things for us to, to watch as we go into this. The thing we have to keep in mind is is who's winning in all of this, and it is Vladimir Putin. He's getting the right messages out. He is making sure he's undermining Ukraine and Ukraine's sovereignty and investment in Ukraine. He's uh, dividing the West, of course, in terms of where people really stand and how committed everyone is to what happens if Russia invades Ukraine. Uh, So there's a lot of uncertainty there, and I think it's uh, up to the president to be able to sound a, a very certain call of, Here's where we are. Here's what we're ready to do. And here's what comes next. If the president can do that, that will be a good day for the administration uh, on an international front where they have struggled uh, to really get their footing and really restore uh, America as a key leader and a trusted ally around the world. Think again with Lloyd Matheson on KSL News Radio. Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. She was tear gassed and beaten. Images of thousands desperate to escape Taliban oppression filled our news feeds. More than 80,000 Afghans made it to America. But the story didn't end there. It was very cold. There was no power, no heat. Who would help our newest neighbors? I'm Andrea Smartin. In Stranger Becomes Neighbor, you'll hear the stories of some remarkable refugees who left their homes and their dreams behind only to start over from zero. Their only possession was three blankets. And you'll meet Americans who stepped up to help them. You want me to come when you deliver your baby. What can one person do in the face of an international disaster decades in the making? That's Stranger Becomes Neighbor. Find us at kslpodcast.com, follow us on Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen.